This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplify. Hello, hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. I am bringing you an awesome behind the mic interview today with Daryl Stinson. So Daryl is the podcast host of Second Chance Athletes. He's also a former Division One athlete himself. He's an author and a two-time TEDx speaker, the founder of Second Chance Athletes. And after going from suicidal to success, Daryl uses his experience to give hope to the hopeless and to help heart-centered speakers like yourselves build innovative six-figure speaking careers and align with their highest purpose. That's right up our alley here on this show. So Daryl is the best-selling, is the author of the best-selling book, Who Am I After Sports? And Athletes Roadmap to Discover New Purpose and Live Life Fulfilled. When he's not working, Daryl enjoys spending time with his wife and his three daughters. Oh my gosh, girl dad. <laughs> Welcome Daryl to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to dive into this discussion. I pray, trust, and hope that our listeners are going to take great value away from this. So thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for being here with us today. So let's first talk about your podcast, which I think, you know, and we've chatted about your podcast. It's kind of like evolving and it is, has evolved. So what made you want to start a podcast in the first place? <laughs> well, I had a, someone pitched to me. So I was always on people's podcasts and things as a speaker. And, you know, they're always trying to get you to start their own podcast. And I would just say, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a content contributor. I just rather, I don't want to deal with the back end. I just want to come and, and, and share. <laughs> it's just less stressful. And one of uh, the coaches, her, her name is, um, I've got some drawing a blank. She has the hero pocket, Veronica, Veronica Abram. She said, well, why don't you just, consider it like a learning experiment mm -hmm. right and just do it for the learning and not necessarily for anything else and I was like hmm that's a good point so she convinced me I tried it and I fell in love with it cool. and I felt I was my my biggest regret is that I didn't start sooner Mm, mine too. I know. I wish I'd started so many years ago. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. You know, a lot of our clients say it's like one of their most favorite things they do in their business. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm to the point now where I need to like chill out because I'll do like six episodes a week, sometimes seven episodes a week <laughs> because I, I do this. This is what I do. I connect mm. with people Yeah. and podcasts. This is a great way. So I'm like, you got to come on my podcast. You gotta come on my <laughs> and it's just like, because we're going to have the conversation anyways. And the best right. way to really connect and learn from someone is by hearing their story and learning from their expertise. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I are very similar where I was like, come on my podcast. And I just told you how far in advance we are in recording right now. So, yeah, yeah you know, I get I it. I get it. Same with you. I just love having people on the show, finding out about their story 
stories. Like, you know, so, um, I like you might also love having, um, just getting to meet other people and learning. And I use my podcast to learn all sorts of things from the experts and it's been great. So tell us a little bit about your uh, speaking career before you, before you did became a podcast host, what were you speaking on and how were you getting so many bookings everywhere? Yeah, it's funny because I, I hated public speaking. I was the guy that when they would do icebreakers, I would leave the room and pretend I was going to the bathroom so that they wouldn't call on me and I wouldn't have to speak in front of people. And I was a successful marketing professional for a university uh, that my alma mater, Central Michigan University. And we won some higher education awards. And one of my interns had graduated and her aunt that worked for DDS was having this conference at a Soaring Eagle Casino that was, you know, only five minutes from the university. And so she said, hey, would you be willing to come talk about marketing? And I was like, sure. And then we talked and it's like, well, how much do you charge? I was like, mm-hmm, $500. She was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, no way. You know, like you should have charged more. <laughs> I mean, 5,000. <laughs> I know. Right. I meant, I meant 10, you know, whatever. And so I, I go into the Sarnigo room and there's 24 people in there. So it's like, okay, this is not intimidating or anything like that. And I do this talk, which I still do today called the four C's of effective marketing. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how do you capture attention, connect with your audience, communicate, key points and call to action. And I, I knocked it out of the park and they, what I did not know is that all 24 of those people were heads of departments mm-hmm. and organizations. So we're talking Blue Cross Blue Shield. We're talking, mm-hmm. um, what do you call it? American Eagle. I mean, it was, there was a bunch of like large corporation mm-hmm. department heads in there and they all had the conferences and they all need continuing education credits. Mm-hmm. And so I just got on this circuit. They were like, do you do one day workshops? I was like, yep. <laughs> You know, do you, will you, do you do week long? Con- and I just said, yeah, I just said, yeah, to everything. And I just figured it out. And that was the beginning of my speaking career, being a marketing consultant. Amazing. Did you also incorporate your like personal story about being an athlete into you, any of that or no? Not really. It was funny. I just mm-hmm. kind of talked about, you know, marketing and my passion for it. One of the things I was really passionate about was helping underdogs win, because mm-hmm. I feel like the only reason why some big corporations who don't have as good of motives or core values. I'm not saying that all big corporations are like that, but there are some that are excelling and they're profitable and they've got more audience attention and control when I believe that mission-centered, heart-centered entrepreneurs and corporations should have that attention and control because that's how more good happens in the world. And so I was passionate about teaching the underdogs, the marketing principles so that they can you know, outperform some of the larger companies. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. And that's a, that's quite a unique like niche too in marketing, helping yeah. the underdogs because usually in marketing, everyone's like helping the big guys. <laughs> no. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. And so then when did you um, decide that like your, your personal story was, is ready to come out? Yeah. So I had been telling my personal story, like kind of in the background here and there, some youth conferences and things like that. But it, it honestly wasn't until 2017 where I moved from Michigan to Metro Atlanta and I started Second Chance Athletes that I started, there, two things happened. I started to tell my story of you know my athlete transition a little bit more. And then at my church, we started an addiction recovery ministry and I'm, I'm listening to them talk about their stories. And I was like, I think I was an addict. <laughs> this sounds like me, you know, back in the day. And so 
I was like, man, I can really help them. Like I, I was struggling with that same thing. I overcame it. And so they still identified as an addict. I did not, but I saw that I had mm-hmm. similar struggles. So I was like, I got to be more transparent about my mental health, my battle with addiction, mm-hmm. about my depression that came after athletic transition. And that's where I got really heavy on the personal story side of things. And it just mm-hmm. caught like wildfire. Wow. And, and how did you get the courage to start sharing that? Well, it actually happened prior. No, no, I would say I, I tell this story um, because I was still struggling a little bit with speaking insecurity when it came to my personal story. Mm-hmm. I could talk marketing all day because it was mm-hmm. kind of like it and it wasn't me. Right. But I remember speaking at a youth conference and it was a sports camp in the middle of the summer. And it's about an hour or two west of where I live here in Georgia. And I was telling my story and it honestly wasn't that great of a talk because when you don't have internal confidence, that comes out the way you mm-hmm. speak. And so it was kind of like shaky, forgetting my points, things like that. It wasn't the best speech. And there was a line about 20 kids standing, waiting to come shake my hand. And, you know, towards the end of the line, actually the last person in line was this girl. She's 14 years old. She's literally bawling. And she comes up to me and she says, Hey, sir. She says, huh? I, uh, my parents dropped me off at an orphanage last year and just never came back. Mm -hmm. And she said, I couldn't understand what was so wrong with me that they no longer wanted me. And so I figured that I deserve to be in pain because they left me there. And she pulls up this rubber wristband on her left arm and she shows me these cuts on her wrist. And she said, there's something about hearing your story as a former successful athlete and your vulnerability that gave me the strength to come out about my struggle with depression and suicide thoughts. And you're the first person that I, I'm telling. Mm-hmm. I gave her the like one arm dad hug and I was just bawling and I just affirmed her and told her she's worthy. She matters. She's not what her parents think about her. You know, mm-hmm. she's talented. And uh, it, the, the, the beauty of this story is that one of the, the camp staff members had actually, she's from Honduras and she had been through 12 or 14 different orphanages. And so she was able to just really go, like she was um, talking with this young lady for hours and really counseling her through the process. And so that was the moment that I was like, Mm -hmm. if I focus more on being helpful than being impressive, Mm -hmm. I can be vulnerable about my story. Wow. And the impact, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm sure you've had other stories like that 14-year-old girl now since then, since you've been sharing that story. And, you know, it's one of those things that uh, we always... Uh, you know, see to our podcasters, like you're making an impact, whether you know it or not, it's mm-hmm. that one person that needed to hear what you have to say, your story. And because you had the courage to do it, you've totally changed her life. Right. With that yeah. one person. It's really amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's overwhelming. I, I probably get about two or three messages a day of someone from, across the world now who are reaching out and the crazy thing, it's, it's some really high level people sometimes. 
And it always fascinates me because I'm like, how can you have 300,000 followers on Instagram and have all these titles and all this network? But for some reason, because you watch my TEDx talk or saw a video I made or heard me on a podcast, you feel like I'm the only one who you can be transparent with. Like there's a problem in our world if that's the case. Mm, wow. So yeah. yeah, we have to normalize this conversation and thank you for allowing me to do that on your podcast. Mm, absolutely. And you have, so now on your, on your podcast, you are now, t- you're, you're interviewing other athletes who have also had been athletes and now they've moved on to a second, a second career. Is that the second chance? Yeah. So the yeah. second chance is because when I, I, I graduated with the right degree, but I didn't have the adequate experience because I was an athlete and I knew how to cheat. And I was, I knew how to, you know, uh, persuade the teachers, you know, I had, I had a good life for everything. Team, right? yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I did graduate like a 3.1, but I didn't learn, I didn't learn how to do anything in college. Yeah. So I, I was really behind professionally. And so because I worked for university, I had the opportunity to take classes for free. All I had to do was pay taxes. And so I actually went back and retook undergraduate courses. Mm. And that gave me the experience I needed to be a successful professional. And so the name Second Chance Athletes came from giving people a second chance to succeed in life without the demands of sports, because that's what I felt like I was given. And it was a way I wanted to give back. The podcast is called Second Chance Live. And the reason why it's called that is because Second Chance is something a lot of people can connect to. So it's not just former athletes, although we Mm -hmm. tend to tell plenty of those stories. It's anyone who has had a failure, uh, made mistakes in life. I believe that no matter how many mistakes you made, no matter how much you messed up, no matter how bad your life may seem, that life has a way of awarding us second chances and second chances exist so that we can finish strong. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about how we master our second chance moments in life so we can finish strong. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so powerful. And so what's been your favorite episode that you've recorded so far? Oh my gosh. So I actually have one, which is, this is not (laughs) fair, but just recently, and I've done close to a hundred now, just recently, I had an interview with a guy named Josh Corporal. He is like a digital nomad. He has this like men's technology accountability group that he runs and he lives on this boat in the, in the like key west florida and he just lives this like perfect like like we his interview is actually on the beach <laughs> you could hear the seagulls in the background just ah, you know and oh my gosh he used his prior to the, the work he does now he used to uh, be a engineer and his job was to take these crazy visions that Disney and uh, um, Circus de Lay and all of these like performers would have take their vision and bring it to life. So literally they would come to him and be like, Hey, we want Beyonce to jump off of a trampoline into a dragon's mouth and come swinging and pull her up and, and then walk on the crowd. Like that's what we want figured out. <laughs> wow. And I know, I know. And no pressure. And so I when he when we got into that part of his story, like so I started to ask him about Circus Delay and Disney and all these things he had to do. And it was so fascinating. It mm-hmm. it captivated me because I it was so much creativity in that episode that I was like, man, everyone needs to hear this. And then he went from that, which is a really good paying job, you can imagine, to the life he's living now. And so he had that shift that I was like, man, well, how, why did you leave it? And then how were you able to build something successful? And so it was just really rich. 
Mm, that's yeah. so cool. I love it. That's great that you have a favorite one. Sometimes I ask that question, people are like, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry for all of my previous <laughs> guests, but his life was the most interesting. <laughs> that one was amazing. Yeah, life living on the yeah. boat would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. really cool. And so now your podcast is kind of uh, taking some evolution or like about to go on an evolution. So tell us a little bit about that. What's up for 21? 2021. So, here, so here's what happened. And this might violate a little principles that, you know, people say you need to niche down. Mm-hmm. I agree. Second chance athletes is very niche to work with high athletic identity athletes as a service. Okay. Mm-hmm. The podcast is niche second chance stories. Okay. But Daryl Stinson cannot fit in that box. <laughs> and, and I, so mm-hmm. I was having twins. I was birthing a personal brand with marketing, mental health, and motivation as a speaking and helping people build speaker businesses. And then I had this heart passion with second chance athletes where we give second chance athletes, uh, where we get athletes a second chance to succeed in life without the demands of sports. And the twins were fighting. (laughs) I didn't know whether to sign the email as us or me. And so I had to split, had to create a Chinese wall in between it. And so I launched my own podcast called When I Said Yes, based upon my yes moment that I had in the psychiatric unit when I said yes to my future, my faith, and everything changed. And I was simplifying success to helping people find their next yes, okay? Because I believe that success is less about the all the tasks that you need to do, and it's more about the decisions that you need to make, specifically the yes decision. You know the yes decision, the I book do. that you were supposed to write, yeah. the podcast you were supposed to start, that was your yes decision. And so- I was telling that, but I got tired of saying yes moments, yes moments, yes moments, mm-hmm. and being the yes man. And so I decided that I was going to rebrand that podcast to be the Daryl Stinson Show, where we talk about mental health, marketing, and motivation, and whatever else I want to talk about. Whatever you feel like. My show. It. <laughs> yes. It. Yeah, that will draw a crowd anyway. So I think that's great. And it's funny, I have a, a yes a mentality as well. Mine's yes to adventure. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love yeah. that. And it's funny because we are so conditioned to say no. We are so conditioned to see what we don't have. We are so conditioned to see what we lack that we don't understand that clarity comes in doing like like uh, provision comes when you decide to take a step of faith. And so, like, just say yes and figure it out figure it out. Mm-hmm. I love it. And like, you know, just saying yes to even doing a podcast over time, that story evolves, your voice gets stronger, your message gets stronger, you know, and it, it, there's a natural evolution that happens. So I love that you've chosen the path of um, having your own show without the, any of the, any worry of like, you know, any typical marketing strategies or whatever. Like, I think that's great because yeah. they need, we need more of that original content. That's not just in the box that everyone yes. else is doing. So I think that, that's actually what the recipe for a really successful book podcast. Yes, because you understand this and you're much, much better at this than I am of helping people find their niche and their podcast and all that. But you know it when when it resonates with you, it's where the place where you can be the most authentic is going to be the place where you are the most powerful. Yeah, and the most helpful. And so that authenticity was very important to me. And the most helpful, absolutely. That's what I mean. My power, power is the ability to help others. And so, yes, I, I now I know that there's no like resistance because I'm no, I don't feel constrained in the box, and I feel like I can add more value to others. 
Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. So let's flip on your um, expert hat for a second about okay. helping people with six, building six figure speaking careers. So I'd love to just, uh, you know, ask you a couple of questions about yeah. that and how, you know, what was a couple of strategies that you use? A lot of our uh, audience are entrepreneurs. They want to start using their voice to have a big message to get out there. Um, no, I know live events are kind of on hold at the moment <laughs> for the most part, but how do you build, how did you go about building a six-figure speaking career? Oh my gosh. So I was rare in the fact that I never had to pitch myself until the pandemic, right? Um, I've done some pitching lately, but once I got on that marketing circuit, I already had referral, 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 and really getting that first speaking engagement is what sets a lot of people on fire. Sometimes it's hard to crack into an industry. Mm -hmm. um, and some people set themselves up for failure because they charge too low early on. And then now everyone's used to that price. So it's harder for them to raise prices. But anyways, um, I, I was very fortunate in that regard. Now, one thing I did that many people avoid in the beginning is I invested in myself. Mm -hmm. So I bought Eric Thomas's program. I bought, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pete Vargas's stage to scale program. Mm -hmm. I bought Grant Baldwin's program. I bought uh, Michael Port's program. I bought uh, David Meltzer's program. So I was mentored by everybody because I, I was like, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. This is a worthy investment. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a part of Les Brown's program. So I'm, I'm continually to invest myself because they say that you're never too old to learn and you're never too young to teach. So I invested in myself and I think that's what set me apart. That's what helped me to land TEDx talk early. That's what helped me to land my second TEDx talk. That's what helped me get referrals and pay to speak. And so there's the art side of speaking, telling fascinating stories, helping compel people to want to actually take action so you can see life transformation and value to the company or the audience. And then there's the business side of speaking. This is the contracts. This is the courses. This is building out the streams of revenue. And this is uh, how do you create innovative? So people just want to, some people just want to charge large keynote fees. And I'm like, sure, you can charge that, but there's so many ways to monetize as a speaker. So let's build out an innovation strategy. One of my clients, she makes more of her money off of apparel sales than she does off of her speaking. Interesting. Mm, yeah. So I'll be quiet. No, I love it. I can talk. I, I, I literally can talk about this all day <laughs> when it comes it. to speaking. I'm really passionate about it. Yeah. Because here's, here's the thing. We tend to underestimate the power of our story. Mm -hmm. We do. We just, you know, it's not that it's not like Daryl's story and, and committing, trying to commit suicide a couple of times. It's not, it's not this big, you know, I was homeless to millionaire story. Like there's nothing special about my story to which I reply that is an absolute lie. There's something special about your story because you are special. There's no person like you. There's no person that has the, the feelings that you have about the situations that you've been through. And so there's people around this world that need to hear your story. Your story matters. It is powerful. I got to calm down. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> because there, there's, there's two things I do in my speaking programs. Number one, it's teach you the speaking industry. But yeah. the other part is building up the messenger. Mm -hmm. because if you don't have that internal fortitude, the moment that you send out a pitch and nobody responds, you're going to quit. Yeah. You have to know your message matters because it does. Right. I love it. And what kind of shifts have you had to make since the pandemic for speaking? And are you still getting paid speaking gigs, even though everything's virtual and online these days? 
Absolutely. So again, I think a little differently because I'm not all caught up in keynote because right. there's times where I've made more from a breakout session than a keynote session. Mm-hmm. So my mind isn't like the world really hasn't shifted. It just, you got to find a different way to do what you've done. Mm-hmm. And so I've already had courses, which is great. Cause that's what they taught me in Pete's Pete's program is that, yeah. you know, no one life has changed by a keynote, which I disagree a little bit, but the point is that you make real transformation when people work with you beyond the stage, through your right. courses, through your program, whenever. And so I already had that created. So when I'm on a podcast, I can offer a course seven days to your landing, your first client or how to discover your highest purpose or how to break the fear of speaking, which which people are thinking about. So that mm-hmm. was a monetization strategy. So as soon as the pandemic hit last year, I immediately called David Meltzer, who was one of my mentors. And I said, I need to do a podcast tour because I know he knows some some really some top podcasters. So I went on podcast. I was doing like three podcasts a day. It was funny is that was last what April. Mm -hmm. And I'm still having episodes come out now that Mm -hmm. I recorded last April. Some of these larger shows are, you know, they take they're so far ahead. And so I did that. And that was a way to monetize. Yes, it took the world some time to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But virtual speaking, I believe is a huge opportunity. People are like, well, no one's hiring because there's no in-person events. And I'm like, no, there's hybrid events. There's virtual events. People are still hiring. In fact, sometimes it's easier because you don't have to travel. Yeah. You don't have to get rid of a hotel. You don't have to get a rental car. You don't have to stay in the conference because you feel bad for just going in and going out. So it is easier to be a paid speaker now than it was before. Hmm. But you're finding the paid opportunities are not, uh, are more uh, like self from the stage opportunities, or is it more of like being paid to come on in the stage? Yeah. So mine is both, but for the person started out, it's probably going to be self from stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, I have the fortune, like, so everyone that canceled, you, had the <laughs> yeah. you know, they just basically <laughs> yeah. pivoted to a virtual model this year. Yeah. So they still honored my, you know, my keynote fees. Yeah. And then, great. you know, once you have a standard in the industry, it's kind of like, they know that this is not because people are not just paying for your story. They're actually paying for the, the problem that you solve, which is one right. of the things that I always tell speakers is, you know, everyone has a great story. Everyone has like, you know, an amazing story, but people don't buy stories they buy solutions to problems. So you have to position your story in a way that it's a solution to a problem and put a quantitative value on it. Right. What is that worth for an organization or an audience to learn what, what you know so that they can avoid those problems, avoid those loss of revenue. And that's how you become paid speakers. So yeah, uh, I, I digress. I I'm sorry. It. I don't know if that answered your no, question. No, totally, but... totally does answer. Yeah, it answers my question. And um, any last words we have as we're as we're rounding up to our time with you? I know you've got so much so much going on. And we don't want to keep you too long. And you have three daughters waiting for you on the other side <laughs> of this call. So um... I'm trying to avoid them. <laughs> I'm just no, I love my daughters. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some last bit of advice for our maybe a podcasters, influencers, entrepreneurs that are looking to gain? more of a following start doing some more speaking um or even start a podcast there's never a perfect time if you wait till tomorrow tomorrow will never come clarity comes in doing not in standing still you are more powerful than you think your story matters more than you give yourself credit for what comes natural to you might not come natural to others what you call foundational other people will consider revelational Don't compare yourself to other people and where they're at. 
Just be you because there's no such thing as imposter syndrome when there's only one you. <laughs> Amazing. I love that so much. That's so great. Uh, and uh, Daryl, where else can people reach out to you, work with you, find out more about your show? Yeah, they can go to the show notes because it's all there. Google me. I'm Googleable. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, hit me up, DarylStinson.com or on Instagram at Stinson Speaks. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much, Cheryl, for being with us today. It's been so great uh, having you. And um, yeah, just so many great nuggets in that in that conversation. Um, and like Daryl said, you guys, there's only one of you and there's no better time than now. So get your voice going, turn it on, turn up the volume and start spreading your message, right? That's right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Cheryl, for being with us today. Amplify you family, go out there, follow Daryl, go check out his show, give him a nice review, tell him how much you loved hearing him on our show and uh, until next time go out there and use your voice and share your message with the world thank you family for joining us on this adventure if you're ready to be heard head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today if you have a show already and you need some help managing it please head over to managemypodcast.com and the amplify you team would be happy to help you manage your podcast Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius. Mm-hmm.